You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Kind of a little stutter there. Did you hear that one? Yeah, I, I heard wh- it. Wh- wh- You're getting steady. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host Nate and Micah. You're getting steady worse at this. That's all right. What's up, dude? Uh, returning guest. Returning but, guest, man. This, I mean, he's he's becoming the turkey expert on Missouri Woods and Water. He. And I and I tell well, him this. I don't know. He's if, not becoming it. He already is right. one. I don't know if I said this during the episode or if it was before when we were just chatting. But he has been the number one person that I've had people comment say, "Hey, man, I listened to that Scott Wilper, you know, show and mm-hmm. really enjoyed it." So uh, we appreciate Scott coming back on for episode number four with us. Yeah. So it's fourth episode with us. Yeah. If you want to hear some really good turkey talk with Scott. Outside of today's show as well, episodes 648 and 101. Mm-hmm. Those all covered. And then we kind of cover yeah. a little bit of everything. If you think about it, we have them on about every 50 shows. Well, it's always around this time. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, uh, Scott Wilper comes on, and we actually have a little bit of a different uh, agenda, I guess you'd call it, with him this time than right. the, the previous three. Uh, this time, we kind of talk about some of the calling competitions he's been in, Um what he feels is important when it comes to calling, and then we do some listener questions, and as far and fan questions. Yeah. Um, so it's a good show. Uh, decently long because, man, you get to talking. Well, and, and Scott, it, I mean Scott, just he's so passionate. He's passionate about turkeys like I am about deer and coyotes and things like that. Yeah, so definitely, it, it's you can bring up something, and he's got plenty of information to give to you on whatever you're asking him when it comes to turkeys. So yep. uh, you can tell he's got a really strong passion for it. And uh, it's just great to sit there and listen to him go. Yeah. So you um, got any uh, news or, or things going on right now? Before we hop into sponsors? No, no, let's just, uh, I got a little, uh, an, an, I guess announcement. I don't know what to call it. So I want to say hi to two of our fans. 
or not fans, listeners. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to ever say fan <laughs> again. God, sound I just like, threw up in my mouth a little like bit. A douche. Yeah. Uh, two of our listeners. I want to say hi to Keegan and his dad Nathan. Um, What's up, Keegan? I actually ran Nathan. into Keegan at the uh, place he works today, and we had a cool little conversation. And uh, I'm sorry that you you guys are subjecting yourselves to listening to us, <laughs> but uh, you know appreciate you guys listening to us. And then uh, you know Keegan's coming off of an uh, injury in uh, football, and he's he's doing pretty good. So I hope he continues to uh, get better and he's back on the football field like next year. So want to wish him well and uh, uh, just uh, tell him thanks for the support. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. So, anyway, uh, let's do these sponsors right quick. Let's pay the bills. Pay these bills. Habitat Works, our buddy Dustin Williams. He's been uh, doing a lot of fires recently. Where's my phone? Where's my phone. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Yeah, I actually, been... finally did a fire. Oh, did you? Yeah, did my you burn some stuff. Burnt my my pile in my pond. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's doing a lot of fire work this time of year. Uh, obviously, he's always killing, getting rid of them cedar trees, and doing all kinds of habitat management. If that's something you guys are interested in, you can contact Dustin at HabitatWorksLLC at gmail dot com. Or you can give them a ring at eight one six seven five two seven three nine zero. You noticing so. a you noticing a lot of bright green in your forest understory right now? That's a problem. Yep. Get a hold of Dustin. Yep. Is that what he said to say? Well, now that you freaking ruined it. <laughs> God dang! Yeah, that's he was he was talking about that. Nice. Sorry, Dustin. I thought I worked it in there smooth, and then Mike was like, "Is that what he said to say?" Well, you just looked at I mean, you kind of made it obvious. Be like, hey, I know. give me my phone. <laughs> I messed hey, up. Give me my phone. Sorry. I'm sorry. We never said we were good at this. Yeah. Alps Outdoors. Use the code 2023 Woods Water. water. Yep. 30% off. That's huge. You know, see, it's turkey season. By the time up. you're hearing yeah. this one. Yeah. You're, you're late to the game. So, uh, hopefully you got on there before and ordered your turkey vest or turkey chair or whatever you needed for turkey hunting. Yep. So, uh, Huntworth Gear, use the code MWW15 for 15% off. Uh, I know I'm going to be using my little early season stuff this, this time of year. Honestly, this time of year, both those patterns are going to be money. Yeah, they're both going to be great. Yeah. You know, so depending on what part of the country you're at, might depend on what you're going to be using, but we'll use both of them for sure. Um, Black Ovis, use the code MWW10 for 10% off. They've got new logo gear out i know i'm excited about it we got some uh coming our way i think yeah i'm pretty excited about it I, they got one of the best logos, logos. out there I've, I've, in I've my opinion it. i've yeah, said in it. my opinion they got one of the best logos for sure and i don't know why but i i like logos yeah i like you know different logos it could make or break a break a company i feel it kind of like, can uh, like if it doesn't look cool and you don't want to rep that brand for because the logo i mean that can make a difference so. yeah black ovis has got a, a solid logo for sure shit. yep and their sister company can't forget about them camo fire as nathan would do use you, you can check that app out on your morning duties so yeah. duty yeah duty uh, Onyx. Download the app, though. Yeah, download the app. Onyx. Use the code MWW20 for 20% off. It's turkey season. You're going to be – it's going to be nice whenever you're – it's the middle of the night and you're out there locating birds trying to get something to gobble, and you're like, oh, I heard them gobble right over there or whenever you yeah. locate. Where, what time do you usually – that's right at dusk, right? Yeah, you usually locate in can the you do evenings. It any, can you do it at night-night? Or is it just like an evening thing? Do they gobble at night? I don't know that they would gobble too far after dusk. I mean, sure they could. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, um, Onyx would be great You and for I that. have been using Onyx quite a bit. Uh, 
the last couple of days looking for uh, some yeah. new hunting spots. Yeah, we're hoping to, you know, we're trying to expand our hunting region, I guess you would say, or something along those lines. We want to find more property to hunt. So yeah. whether it be coyotes, well, and that's deer, that's mostly just turkey. because of changes in our hunting. Right. Well, you know, I guess my hunting spots, but. Mainly yours, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've always kind of been wanting to find something and, uh, you know, your hunting spot though has gotten a lot better uh-huh. since you started, you know, working on it and unfortunately outside of my control at my hunting spots everything around going down you know? yeah everything around you is going to crap which in turn is going to affect you yeah so that's for sure. for sure so but we've been using onyx a lot yeah so uh get on there check it out you yeah. get a free seven day trial by the way too even and i'm guessing even if you use our code you can still call and cancel that so right uh try them out weber outfitters new new uh partner of ours yeah um I would guess they're gonna we're gonna be there pretty soon doing some bow stuff. I hope so. Uh, I, I want to start. Amy asked me the other day. She was like, "Hey, you want to practice bows?" And I was like, I'm, "Not yet." I was like, "I do, but I'm gonna be getting. I want to get a new bow." So I'm like, "Do I waste? I mean, not that you're wasting time right. by shooting, but I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna wait. A if we bit. if we take it like a day off work to drive, you know, hop over to Hawk Point." Um, Think about taking Caden out of school that day too, because I really, I really want to get him. Dude, they're an, not learning an anything important. <laughs> he'd, he'd he'd learn a lot of life lessons that day. Exactly. Yeah, ain't gonna hurt him because uh, Weber is a dealer of elite bows, and Elite has a really good bow that, I, from what I've been told, for kids to grow into as they're getting older. Mm-hmm. It's called Bigger. the Elite Ember. Yeah, a lot of a lot of adjustability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some good things about that. So, thought about doing that with him and uh-huh. then uh you know maybe not getting a really expensive bow for myself getting something you know decent right but and athlon optics ridiculously good optics ridiculous ridiculously good price and fun fact weber outfitters also is a dealer a dealer of athlon optics so if you're over on the st louis side or you know the east side of the state and you're looking for a dealer go over to weber but uh we love our athlon optics i uh, I have the Aries ETR. Is it the Aries ETR? ETR EHD. Yeah, EHD. Dude, that thing's sick. That was my coyote. I told you. Yeah, that was my coyote one. I really want to get the Kronos. I just don't know what gun I would put it on. I think I got to get a new well, gun. You so know, you know what I'm dealing with right now is the whole same. The whole right. My night gun is now done. My six arc is my night gun. Yeah. Well, we're our thermal season's over. Yep. So I'm like, all right. Do I take my Midas Tac that is still in the box? That I was going to put on my NPR and get some QD mounts for the six arc and put that on that so that I can use it for deer and a coyote, obviously, still. Uh, or do I just get a new six arc? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like, but then I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want that other, my six arc that I've got now just to sit in there and only use it two months a year. Right. Yeah. So uh, what we need to do is we just need to go to different states and hunt their night bit, their nighttime hunting. I would Oklahoma. I would we got okay contacts down in Oklahoma apparently. I mean, that's so true. Yeah. just saying, that's not a bad idea. Just saying. So, but uh, I believe that's it for today. Can so, you hunt nighttime near year round in Oklahoma? I'm pretty sure you can. Nice. I could be wrong. I mean, they got hog problems and stuff. Yeah. Usually, where there's hog problems, that means you can you hunt can them hunt. however you want. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Uh, so yeah, that's our sponsors, uh, sponsors and partners for today. Appreciate all you guys. Um, please check them out. You know, um, 
we can't do our show without them and they can't do business without you guys. So, you know, we're big fans of everybody we just talked about. We are active users of everybody we partner up with. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to, we're not going to talk to you about um, garbage ass, Whatever. blah, blah, blah company if we're not going to be active users of them. So, you know, we're big fans of all these, these folks that we listed and uh, we really appreciate them. And then also, you know, if you like us, <laughs> it would help us if you went on like Spotify or Apple, whatever, whatever you listen to, it'd be great if you give us a five-star review. You know, that goes a long way. Uh, so we'd appreciate that. And if you don't chew Big Grid gum, <laughs> then fuck you. <laughs> oh, which and, is what I'm saying is if you don't like us. And we talk about it on the show, but Wilper, he does do hand custom calls. So He uh, builds calls. He does. Yeah, we talk about it. So uh, get a hold of him. Wilper. Do you want to thank him for what he did? Yeah, he gave me one. So I'm pretty excited about it. So it is number. He had it written down somewhere. Where did it go? Could be on the back of the paddle. 1,076. And it's a pocket rocket, and it's beautiful. Yep, Scott Wilper. Scott's a good guy, guys. Uh, he's one of those folks that, you know, you want to buy stuff from because he's just a good old boy that makes really quality stuff. Yep, um, absolutely I mean, he's got, he's got a lead time, obviously, because it's just him. But. And when this comes out, it's turkey season, so you're probably not going to get, get it this season. Together. Yeah, <laughs> you're running behind, bud. All right, uh, so there's our sponsors. almost like scott's still here okay can you stop I re- that's really not that bad and i suck nah, you're pretty good <laughs> all so. right let's get into today's show with scott wilper all right see you this is the missouri woods and water podcast okay with us tonight for the second day of turkey season, because we didn't do a very good job of planning. No, no, we were off a little bit, but that's okay. But we got returning guest, Scott Wilper, in the house. I I personally have had more comments about your shows than I've had any other of our different guests that we've had on. No kidding? Yeah. He's the only one that makes always, sounds. Always, they always love, <laughs> always love what you're putting out there. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we do this then. In fact, we got a special treat tonight, yeah. which we I guess we won't start nah, quite we'll, yet. We'll, we'll but, wait a little bit. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, and I should have looked this up before, we've actually recorded with Scott, what? This will be fourth, fourth time, time. Fourth so three time. other times. And always usually right before turkey season, so around this time frame. Yeah, or after. Because uh, I know one of them we did in the fall, didn't we, with I him? I don't believe so. Maybe No, they were all spring. Were they? One of them was uh, the, right at the end of season. Okay, was that it? That's why I was, I I was think thinking it, one of them it, was. It aired one week after season or two weeks after season closed or something like that. But one of them was after. Well, that was really bad timing on our part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've never accused ourselves of being smart people. Right. Okay, so here you go. Sixth episode we ever recorded, June of 2020, Turkey Talk with Scott Wilper. Episode number six, if you want to go back and listen to it. Okay. It's going to take me a minute oh, to find the other ones. I was just scrolling through our our list that way yeah at least that way they could go back and listen to the ones that yeah because they all got good information on them and it's going to be day two of our season here in missouri other others uh states have they've already started already right? started oh yeah what what states did you say were already opened up uh, mostly the yeah, south florida florida opened uh in march early i think yeah 
It, they have two seasons. They Southern Florida is a week or two before the northern part, but uh, they're open in March. And then Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi all come online there. And then, uh, you know, it starts spreading up north. Up north, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many different states have you hunted in? Oh, I've been in, uh, let's see, Texas, Kansas, South Dakota, of course, Missouri. And uh, first non-resident to ever kill a bird in North Dakota. Nice. That was uh, first non-resident non, to kill yep, one. Yep, yep. That's what they told me anyway. Uh, the NWTF did a did a bunch of stuff for the North Dakota game and fish there, and mm-hmm. then they released they re, there's the population for turkeys in North Dakota. I mean, that's pheasant country. Mm-hmm. Right. No trees. I mean, you can <laughs> you can drive an entire Johnny Cash CD. Before you see a tree. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, we got to have trees and and some water to have turkeys. So yeah, they got to roost. They got to roost on something. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I just talked to a guy on the way here. He just got done hunting Texas. They're open too, and uh, wherever he was at, didn't have very big, you know, tall trees. But he seen gobblers roosted six foot off the ground. Really. High enough the coyotes can't get them. But he said if, Man, if the turkey would have really? let seriously. Him, you walk up and just grab them right off the limb if they'd let you. You know, that's how low <laughs> wow. that they were. That's what they had. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, North Dakota, that's just, there's nothing. But western North Dakota, pushing the Montana line there, uh, there starts to get to be a lot of a lot of valleys and, and ridges and uh, ravines there and, and cottonwoods, you know, along the creeks. So um, they have a very few birds, but residents only can hunt. <clears throat> but they released one non-resident tag you, you know the nwtf auctioned it off and my lovely beautiful wife won it for me oh so, nice yep so I, we went up there and uh got one on the first day um walked about six miles lost 10 pounds on that morning <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah we got we got one so uh that was pretty cool but so yes uh, north dakota um South Dakota, and I, lo- I love hunting South Dakota. Trying to go to Wyoming this year. That'd be cool. Uh, hopefully, it all pans out. Is that is that something you have to put in for like a draw, or you got to build points, or is it an over the counter type tag? Well, that that I don't know. We went we went through an outfitter. Yeah. Okay, so, so they probably have tags. They're that they they're, sell, yeah. They're allotted so many tags. Right. So, um, if we can get my work and her work to cooperate on having a couple of days off that's kind of the issue right now but uh, we'll we'll see how this goes if it don't pan out <coughs> i could probably roll the yeah i got bird flu i get bird flu every, every year. spring <laughs> and my boss he starts laughing because i joke with him about it he says bird flu huh how come you're here at work and you feel fine when it's raining <laughs> or the wind's blowing 40 mile an hour but hey. the, them sunny mornings you I'm got turkeys i swear I like the rain every time it's raining not terribly hard. I see them out in fields. Oh yeah, in the last that, couple that, of weeks. I got rain. I got these other episodes. Episode number forty eight with with Scott Turkey Calling Strategy with Scott Wilper, and then here's how. Uh, um, what's the word? I don't know. Creative we are. Episode one hundred one. Turkey Calling Strategy with Scott Wilper. <laughs> Same <Perfect>. exact. <laughs> so episode six forty eight and one hundred one. Folks should go back and listen to them. Yeah, uh, they're 
they're really good shows. Uh, today's show, you know, we're kind of changing it up. What we've done a little bit with Scott in the past. Um, the the first thing I want to talk about is uh, you've been doing some some calling competitions this year, and uh, you went down to NWTF again. Yes, and entered in the owl hooting division. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And uh, how was that? How was that experience this year? Was it uh, the the national? You were just kind of explaining the judges and everything to us, which is interesting for someone who's never been there. Yeah, you know? if you've never been to the the uh, NWTF national convention, I mean, you don't have to be a turkey hunter, but for heaven's sakes, if you are a turkey hunter, you you, you got to go at least once in your life mm-hmm. uh, and experience it. But any kind of hunting, there is uh, fourteen hundred booths 1400 10 by 10 booths related to hunting 800 of them are turkey related so to speak you know and and then there this booth sells leather and they're selling salsa Mm -hmm. right you know them are there too sure there's still 800 turkey related it's just you walk in there and your your jaw just drops almost overwhelming yes yes it's the national convention it's uh you know the NWTF is a good thing to join they they uh, you know for veterans they uh, wheelchair handicap people their their parks benches they're constantly supporting the turkey and elk I mean they help anytime you improve a habitat for turkeys you're improving it for other for, animals for everybody's yeah yes. it's a it's you a see, trickle. It's a trickle-down thing, right, and they're constantly hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, when you join as a member, your your money's going, yeah, you get a magazine every other month, but your money's going to help what we like to do out in the wild, so support that. But So the national conventions in every, it's, it's around Valentine's Day, second week of February every year, and uh, you just Google the NWTF and... But it's the nationals, you know, the convention, and they only do that once a year. So they also have a national contest for owl hooting, friction, uh, mouth call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they have jakes too. So, but I entered the owl hooting contest again this year. I I have you dabbled with the other ones too, or in? Or? Well, you have to qualify. Oh, okay. So uh, to get to because this is this is nationals. Mm-hmm right so you know i've taken taken third place in a couple events took second place in a couple events but once you take first you qualify at a sanctioned contest we uh, missed the iowa one this year uh uh got sick some sick wife got sick yes and we had to stay back but we were going to go and then we were able to make it to festus but uh yeah once you do that you qualify then you can get into the friction or the senior division so but uh, the now hooting we uh went down there for that and ended up taking 30th out of 37 so not happy about that yeah but especially because this year you felt really good about i did what your uh <laughs> that damn owl out of my basement <laughs> So I wish they'd do a voice division. Why don't they? I don't – a natural voice. Right. I think you'd wrap that one up. That's probably yeah, why they're like, It drives like, why, me nuts. Why even do it? <laughs> but see, and, and that's the thing too, uh, you know, my son-in-law, Tony, and, and my wife, and there's so many people, you know, 
think that my the natural voice sounds better than the tube. Mm. I could see that. But they've been running the you know the contest. The tube has been part of the stage now for Palmer's hoot tubes come out. Oh boy, I might be off of some of my years. But I don't, somewhere around 2000. Somewhere in there, the Palmer hoot, and then they've gotten better and better and better and better. I think the the judges. And they do sound awesome. I mean, the tubes are very, very good. Mm-hmm. They're they're real sounding. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you get focused on that, and, and, and not the not, not the natural a natural voice. I yeah. just wish I wish they would have a natural voice division. Do you have to use a tube? No. You should just go out there next well, year I, and just. Well, I've tried that, <laughs> and <See>? you know, <laughs> hey, you got it going. I can down. take second. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I can't. I can't do it. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin Scott's beautiful sounds. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I have done that. Uh, I even tried one thing uh, four years ago, five years ago. I did it by voice on one side of the stage. Mm-hmm. Walked across the stage real quick. Did the tube. Then took a couple steps turned my body and did the voice and, and made it sound like because the, the sounds are a little different you know so mm-hmm. there's two owls talking to each other yeah didn't work <laughs> so <laughs> you know what the hell they want but I, I i think i took 16th that year yeah you know, that was two years that, ago right or no, three that was three or four years mm-hmm. ago on that one yeah yeah and the best i ever did was by voice um 12th place and that was, that was the first trip I ever went down there, and that was six, 17 years ago. So, but again, 17 years later, my voice is changing too. So. Mm-hmm. That, that's a thing. <laughs> that it, really su- it really sucked to catch a cold right, like right before that, you went too. I mean, that would probably pretty much ruin you. I would think <laughs> that happened. That happened about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. On one, on I've all we haven't been every single year. There, there's a couple times in there. It was every other year we went. Now mm-hmm. here recently, we've been the last four straight but uh yeah one year i did go get all stuffed up and, and sick and makes it hard to oh yeah do that i was out in the hallway chomping on the halls the cherry halls uh you know them cough drops and mm-hmm. trying to drink coca which i don't i'm not a coca-cola fan but you know the acid in the coke it's supposed to, to help ah, yeah. trying, to, <laughs> try, trying to get right you know and uh you know i think i took 20th or something that year yeah. but yeah, I'm always right there in the middle of the pack. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, one of the top 20 callers in the world, basically, if you think about it that way. They ain't doing these in India. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty damn cool. Very well, cool. I'll tell you a quick story, you know, and I love to do it by voice. I, I do it all the time, walking around the house and everything. But they they truly believe that 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 my voice will sound better than the calls. But Every time I've tried it, I'm not I'm not busting that top ten. Hmm. So I've I've went to the tube and I've done the tube last, and I've actually tweaked and tweaked and made my own tube. Did you really? Uh, so it's you know I don't know how that come out on the on the microphone on the there, but um, the vo- the voice to me. It, once you learn to do it, you just got to practice like you were doing. Just a deep. Mm-hmm. Learn the cadence. Who cooks for me? Who cooks for you all? 
um, start with that. And then they go crazy after that. You yeah. know, they start laughing at each other. Uh, that's, that's called a laugh. Whether they're really laughing at each other or not, I don't know. But <laughs> I could see myself doing it going, whoa, whoa, whoa. you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an idiot. <laughs> First place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd get kicked out of that competition so quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let you me. You made a mockery out of this. You're disqualified. <laughs> So this was about 17 years ago. Uh, Ashley, my oldest daughter, I mean, she wasn't three foot tall. So we were in my truck at my house, and I, I was owl hooting, and one answered me, and I repeated it. And he answered back, and I was just mocking. And then mm-hmm. it got to screaming. And I'd mock it, mock it, mock it. And this went on for a little while, and... My wife and Ashley's the witness, or the story you wouldn't hardly believe. So we're in my diesel truck, and it's shut off, and I'm messing with this owl. So five minutes goes by, and all of a sudden, I see it come out of the tree. And here it's coming at us. You know, it's it's got to fly a good 150 yards. Mm-hmm. It starts gliding, gliding, gliding. I said, look, 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 it's coming at us, coming at us. And right at the last second, like 10 feet from my window, it flies up. And lands on top of the cab. <laughs> wow. The hoot owl is on top of the cab. <laughs> and I, I'm looking at, at uh, my wife, Amy, and Ashley, and we're, we're just kind of pointing on the roof. <laughs> and then we heard it move. You could hear its feet. It's walking. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's talons. Yeah. Talons or claws there. You know, you can hear it on the metal moving. And then one of us in the truck, I think, moved or something. Then it, you know, it yeah. flew off. But yeah, calling an owl in and landing on top of your truck now. That's, that's something. That's that's, that's a hard story to believe, but yep. my lovely wife will back me on that one. You know, <laughs> one of the coolest things that we've noticed from night hunting coyotes uh, is calling owls in. When we will use the uh, distress calls, like the mm-hmm. rabbit in distress or whatever your distress, trying to be in distress. And some of the coolest stuff is you'll be sitting there looking, scanning. And have you ever looked through one of them thermals before? Just that one night. A year ago through yours. Okay. You know. I got a new one I'll show you tonight before you leave. But Is your old one for sale? No. <laughs> this one's a scanner. My The one I was showing you was the, the actual rifle or the, the, the scope. scope. But uh, you'll be scanning, and the next thing you know, here comes an owl. Yeah. And they'll, they'll land usually like on a fence post or on a right. tree limb. Pretty close to the, where that call's at. They're like, what? And sometimes, on, sometimes you'll actually look out in the field and you'll go, oh, coyote. And it'll you'll look at it and go, nope, that's an owl. And they're just sitting there looking oh, at what on. it is you're doing. Oh, yeah, checking you out. There. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got some pretty cool videos this year. I don't know if I saved them or not of owls coming well, in and just, you know, well, checking it out. that's a dinner bell. You, oh, you, that's you're all You're running is, yeah. the, the rabbit distress and stuff like Mouse, that. Mouse, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got so I've seen some of the coolest things I've ever seen from owls, cow hunting now, at night. Yeah, and even during the day you'll you'll call them in. You know if you're doing a rabbit in distress again, they'll come and sit on the fence post, and you know it's yeah. a lot easier for them to figure out something's wrong. But yeah, um, yeah. So they're, that they're a neat they're a neat animal. Yeah. So that was NWTF. But then you went to Festus, Missouri, a couple weeks ago, right? Yes. Yes. And what was that one called? That's this the longest running turkey calling contest in the United States. Fifty ninth annual, wasn't it? Fifty nine years in a row. They've it's the longest running contest in the United States. 
held in Festus, and uh, you know, we went down there for that. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, pretty neat, pretty neat. Never, I went to uh, junior college over there for two years uh, near near there, just, mm -hmm. just ten minutes down the road there in the town of Washington. Or, but uh, really neat. I think we're going to go back next year. Yeah, that's a cool uh, area back down there. Yeah, it looked really pretty, and I, we were just down there one night and came back the next day. But I, I think we'd like to – we may stay an extra day or two next time and, uh, you know, check the area out. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Festus was uh, really fun and uh, took second place there. So, Do you know by um, how many points you got second? No, they didn't. They don't tell you that? Yeah, like the, the NWTF, will sh they'll show you the scorecard. Oh. Right, and what your actual score was. Mm-hmm. But again, too, back to the to the nationals. You know, it's a tight race. You know, yeah, I'm a, quite a few points away from first, but literally four points puts me. I think it was 16th or 17th. That's, yeah, there's a lot of people right there on top of each other. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I finished 30 out of 37, but four points is really nothing in the scheme of things here, and I'm yeah. at 16th. Uh, seven points put me in the top ten. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, and then past that point, you know, it starts separating a little separating bit, separating more. That yeah, way, that way. So, uh, you know, I'm right in the pack. But you know, yeah, Festus was a lot of fun. Took second down there. Had a good clean run. No, no squeals or nothing weird happened. And on the calling part, I did it did have a screw up on the. Uh, my mouth call, the reed locked up. Oh. So uh, I did the key key run, and I couldn't get the reed unstuck. So I sounded like a key key peacock. I don't know what it was. <laughs> so I just rolled with it. And it's not wasn't horrible, but not not the way I want it. You know, right. The key key run is a, is a whiny, high-pitched whiny whistle. And um, – I, I, I was doing it, but it wasn't very high pitch, and it had some. It's clear, mine had some rasp to it because I couldn't I couldn't get it unlocked. Mm. So then the next thing they asked me to do was your. Yeah, they had a fly down cackle. I had to do a, uh, a cutting of an excited hen, uh, kiki run, your favorite call, and purring and clucking. That was the five that we had to do in the contest. So then they said, your favorite call. Well, I'm going to cut. I'm going to mm -hmm. do some ex cutting of an excited hen. I love to do that. So I was using the same call. I was going to do the key key run. About the third note, the reed breaks loose. <laughs> oh, God. Right? And, and now I can't yelp or nothing. All I could do is key key run. So I went from yelp, 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 straight into key key run. I'm going to do the key key run now. <laughs> and, and that's not what I intended to start with. So, you know, whether they picked up on that or not, I don't know. I just rolled with it. Right. But I was. You I, would think if they had noticed that something broke in the middle and you were able to make the crowd know that you didn't have any issues, yeah. that would give you bonus points. Right, right. That guy's <laughs> read broke. <laughs> And no one knows it. <laughs> that or maybe this guy should have came prepared or something. <laughs> I don't know. Do and you, it, do and you it make... is nerve-wracking, too. Oh, you, I bet. You know, yeah. whether you're in oh, front I'd of – Oh, that sound like it. There was probably, I don't know, we were guessing seven, 800 people at Nationals. You know, that's nerve-wracking. Mm -hmm. Walking up that ramp and you turn the corner and you just look out there and go, oh, my goodness. You know, and then Festus, 
there you know there wasn't seven or eight hundred people there was probably 60 people in mm-hmm. the room but either either way it's still nerve-wracking because oh, yeah. every eyeball's on you so it's it's a lot different calling yeah like if i was to break loose right in here with you guys right you're 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 natural right. versus your heart's thumping and you're yeah on, you know, i don't know this guy and he's staring at me you're nervous. right yeah. Yeah, Get, yeah, being yeah. judged on it that's yeah. then you're, when your reach sticks does yeah he, does he think i'm pretty you got to just roll with it so <laughs> do you make your own mouth i know obviously you make your own hand calls do you make your own mouth calls too no. or do you, do you so you buy no, those i don't ones? i don't i'd like to yeah uh that's just know. a different animal in itself uh yeah that's it is the latex stuff like that i know a couple guys that do uh you got to buy your tape and all the latex and the and the reeds there with the the aluminum frames and they have a jig that you can buy i just i haven't got into it yet uh you know it's kind of a process thing but Mm -hmm. uh, the first turkey calls i made 12 2000 not 2010 i believe is the first ones i ever made you know, you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I had a Ryobi jigsaw from Home Depot, a jigsaw. Right. Not a bandsaw, none of that. <laughs> a jigsaw and sandpaper and a block that I sanded them with and some glue and a couple clamps. <laughs> you know, and then every year I, I try to invest and bought some more tools and better yourself. So I've come a long ways in making these. Right. And time. You know, calls would take me four hours to make these things for one mm-hmm. i can whip them out pretty fast now can you know, you you know just setting them up and do 10 at a time that kind of thing so and i've got a guy a friend of mine in uh, wellington's got a cnc router so he he does some artwork for me on the paddles i designed the feather i designed the feather and and i actually well there's one hand painted so I hand painted the feathers, and somehow he scanned it and put that in his. I'm old school, so but he put that feather in the you know computer, and then it CNC routed it on the paddle. So yeah. So wait, th- this is the new feather. I'm not sure which ones you got. Do you have one that's engraved like that? Uh, uh-uh. I think mine are all painted. Yeah. Yeah, yours. His is mine are all painted. painted on. Yeah, yours are painted. Well, for sixty dollars, you can. Get you one. Get you like one. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know his ears. Are <laughs> He's so probably like, I'm "What are you doing?" <laughs> his ears are bleeding right now. Listening to this. No, I've, that's good. Uh, I've got much better just by honestly my my hooting, which is not good. Just by listening to to Scott do it in front of us, and then listening to the shows. Yeah, I can halfway do it now. That's all. It, it ain't worth a hell. Well, it but, don't matter. To fool a gobbler. It don't take much. It don't, yeah. A friend of ours actually, what was it, last week or the week before, um, was talking about it. Oh, Andrew Muntz. And he said uh, he was in front of a, a hen the, I can't, for a long time. And he said, she sounded horrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, not a single wild turkey would ever win a calling mm-hmm. competition. You're right. Because <laughs> they sound like crap mm-hmm. compared who, to what. Who said that? A friend of ours that he, he was never had. was a Paul. Maybe it was Paul. Paul right. Paul's a big turkey hunter, and Andrew never and had before. Paul actually works at NWTF. Yeah, yeah. And there's about hundreds of contestants, you know, in, in world the world championships and the nationals. I'll tell you the same thing. We actually sound too good, better than the wild turkeys. Yeah, 
you know, and to just a quick note on that for calling for our listeners, you know, so many people think if I squeal on the call or get too raspy or I'm a little too high-pitched. That's a bad thing. That it's a bad thing. No, it's not. Right. It. What's more important is rhythm, not the actual – I mean, yeah, you got you can't sound like a peacock or a dog. Right. But, I'm a peacock but, cat. But it, it – the peacock category. But you – it's more rhythm than anything. Really? Okay. Because I've had same thing. I've had hens 15 feet in front of me dozens and dozens of times for long periods of time. I'm thinking, man, what are you choking on? <laughs> <laughs> that grasshopper's stuck in there or something. Something. Something's going or on. Or lay off the cigarettes. I mean, man, you it's it's that bad. Yeah. Really. So it, you know, you screw up your calling, or you think you are. It's it's more about rhythm. Um, you know, I'll I'll try to screw up on this box call just for an example. It's it's. I don't know how that sounds, but that's kind of horrible. It's more. You don't have to worry about that. It's more of a. You can kind of hear a flow there, mm-hmm. and that's what it's more about. Yeah, turkey ain't gonna not the the sound out of it, right? You know, it's it's a flowing thing. It's a con- it's like we're having a conversation right now. Yeah, you know, I walk down the stairs. So it's more about the uh, the tempo and the yes, yes. That's a good good. So way I could to just it. be like that groundhog, be like Helen, Helen, <laughs> Helen, Helen. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if I can talk all a turkey in. Oh, right. What are them seagulls, you know, that is it Finding Dora? Yeah. Mine? 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 <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. I, I had a friend of mine one time, uh, he got into turkey hunting, and uh, he was asking me, well, what's rhythm? What's rhythm? And I kind of explained it to him. I didn't want him to take it this way, but he got it in his head, and it took forever to break him. But I said, you just kind of want to go one, one, two, one, two, three, four, four, five, six. I don't know how, why I explained it that way to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he got it in his head is, is in, we got to do it like this. You know, he mm-hmm. was actually counting numbers. And that's not what I meant by Very that. robotic. That is what will run gobblers away more than anything is having poor rhythm not so much the sound it's just a rhythm flow it doesn't matter whether you do six yelps or eight yelps you start off kind of slow you can kind of hear hear a Mm -hmm. flow there you know it's a rhythm thing so you would recommend to any any new caller or caller everybody wants to sound good you know everybody yeah. yeah But paying less attention to what you sound like and more to what the sound is coming out as, I guess, you know, the rhythm and how it sounds mm-hmm. coming out of the the world, more importantly, more important than the actual sound itself. Because like exactly. we were just saying, turkeys sound stupid, mm-hmm. you know, so no matter what, I mean, I guess I, I'm sure you can make it sound really bad, but. You know, that's, I think that's what all of us worry about is, oh, this doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants the perfect sound. Yeah. I get it. Because I, I have so many calls that I build, 
that I know will k- kill a turkey any day, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. You know, I, I can make it better. I right. Make it, it's, a, it's a passion where you just you can't stop. I want to make it better. I want to make it better. And, and they sound good. They sound better than the hens. They do themselves. So, yeah, it's a rhythm thing. And I've had a couple guys ask me in the last couple of weeks about it. And, and so I started explaining it differently. It's more of a conversation. It's no different than the way we're talking. Right. I come down the stairs here into the studio and Scott called it a studio. And you and you said, "How's it going? I ain't seen you in a while. How you doing?" You didn't immediately say, "Put on the headphones. Let's go. Let's start this." <laughs> right. Yeah, got to warm you up a little bit. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's like waking up, good morning. Yeah. After a cup of coffee, we tar- start talking a little faster, you know, and that's how you have to see it when you're talking to the turkey. And we all have different voices. I mean, exactly. Turkeys are probably very similar. They sound a little different exactly. each other. Exactly. And and you know, not as a sales pitch, but I'm going to throw this out here. Uh, my uncle was selling calls with me, and he said, "Man, that's the slickest thing I've ever seen you do. You just sold two two calls to a guy that wasn't even interested in any." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, that ain't what I meant to do. I was just trying to explain to him how it is." And I may I think I may have said this on one of the other episodes. It doesn't matter what you like. You might like a high-pitch call. And, you know, you got a low-pitch call. You have calls that are clear uh, with no raspy. no. Bar- it's a, a snap, like a bark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to make most of my calls with a, a very hard bark at the end. It's and that, that The second half of the note is a hard. Mm-hmm. You can hear the bark at that end. Yep. And you're, you're banging on a long box right there. Yep. Uh, what I would call long box. 12-inch long box. Your favorite calls that you make is this one right here. Pocket rocket, right? I freaking love. Yeah. yeah. This is the one rocket. you made for our buddy Cecil. I told you I'd never hunt with. Yep. That's what I hunted with last year. I yep. just, I I think I took this, this one or maybe that one. No, this one right here. And uh, this one just fits right in my pocket. I mean, it's just, it's so easy right. to use. And, you know, that one sounds, I think. Uh, These have a. Have a. There are these are more a locator. They they carry. They carry, yes. But the the problem <laughs> This one these are much more quiet, I would call it, or whatever. Yeah. Subtle. But then this one's always in my bag, which that's a twelve inch lawn box. The one I'm holding here is a That's the mid one. He's probably an nine. Eight. Yep. Something like that. But the the problem with these, I love to play on these. This mm-hmm. is like my guitar. I need to Call George Strait and maybe we can play a song. While he's hitting the guitar, I'll play this thing. We can come up with some kind of song here. But <laughs> these uh, these calls are are you can do so much on them. It's they're you got to have a suitcase to pack the thing around. It's, I yeah, mean, it's a that's bigger. why I came up with that idea rocket. and named it the Pocket Rocket. And and the main reason I named it that my uncle come up with the name, but I wear bib overalls. Mm-hmm. I tried to get married in them, I think, but they didn't make tuxes in bibs. Imagine that. <laughs> Can you imagine that? But they fit right there in the pocket. Man, that's they Pretty fit dense. in any pocket. Yeah. And and that's why Uncle Kenny, my Uncle Kenny, he wears bibs too, 365 days a year. But uh, 
he's he come up with the name pocket rocket because it fit in his bib overall pockets and you know i wanted to make everything on the call round because yep. there's nothing worse than uh any call that you buy usually from the store or walmart uh you know i'm not bashing on any other call makers but they got corners they have corners and square edges yeah and you're you're running and gunning one just gobbled and you you need to close the distance 50 yards across this creek or whatever you're doing and you're trying to put it in your vest and them square edges are hanging up on the the mesh pockets and things mm-hmm. get in there, get in there. But that's why every I don't have a square edge on that entire call. Yep. The paddles. The and bottom. now, now that you said it, I noticed it. I yeah. would have never thought same, that before. Same as mine. But right, that's why I designed them that way to be small. Yep. But have enough a loud enough sound that anything within two hundred yards is going to hear you. You know, your 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 four and five hundred half mile. You know, is what they sound like. <laughs> Well, yeah, the long box is a great call, but it's more of a locator thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, get get one fired up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, he just went off right over there. Put it in your four-wheeler or your gator or your truck or whatever, and then take off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're great. But a lot of guys do pack them with them. Yeah. I'm one of them. Well, my bigger calls I are find always a way in to... my bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, this <clears throat> this pocket rocket, which – this didn't become a commercial for the pocket rocket, but this was two two was it two years ago? I think I even called you, Scott, after that hunt. I was with my son mm-hmm. uh, during a uh, youth season, and we got up. We were going to move through the timber on to another field, and right before we got to the timber's edge, I pulled this out of my pocket because it was easy to just yeah, slide yeah, I right out. Saying it, yeah, and I just went weep, weep. and how's that go again? Weep, weep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you. Go. 50 yards away and i thought "Uh uh-oh so i got the shooting stick ready for my son i i put the gun up where i thought that that gobbler because i could i saw him i i went around the tree i put my head around the tree and here he was coming so i said caden we got to get ready i put the shooting stick up i I set the gun on it it was a little bit big of a gun for him (laughs) and uh, i said he's gonna come right into this opening and when he does you put it on his head and you shoot him okay okay well, I'm, I'm sitting there waiting, sitting there waiting. We're behind this tree. That's the only thing keeping that turkey from seeing us, that gobbler. <laughs> and he, he don't come. He don't come. And I thought, oh, no. So I put my head around, and that damn gobbler came to the other side of the tree. Oh, yeah. I said, Caden, can you take the gun off of the uh, sticks. the sticks and swing around and shoot him? He said, no, I can't do it. And every other dad in the world right now is listening to me going, why didn't you do it? <laughs> you know, but I want him to shoot. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, first off, it was illegal for me to shoot it because it was you season. Yeah. But I didn't want to kill his bird for him. I wanted him to be. And Right. I just went through the same thing on this last you season with my yeah. with Johnny, my, my nephew. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I was wanting to take the gun from him. but you Did know. he get it done? I didn't, haven't talked to Jeff since last week. Oh, we'll have to get into that story. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's get into it. But anyway, so <laughs> he, he, he figures out something's going on. And he, he leaves. Well, I did it again, and I moved Caden. Right. So that he could get a shot on him. He had moved off about 50, 60 yards, and I just did it again real quick. And he come right back. But, of course, he came to my side of the tree. Well. <laughs> and Caden couldn't get to he him. He couldn't do it swing again. And he finally saw us. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, if I didn't have this with me, we would have walked right past him. Never even knew it. Or and he, he would have seen us probably going through the timber and, right. and went off. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, they that's see where these ten times right. better than we do. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. It's like binoculars, ten power binoculars all day long is how they see. But yep. Yeah, with turkeys, uh, just when you think you've got it figured out, it's amazing how that pea-sized brain wins. <laughs> I'll never have it figured out. <laughs> so we got a special part of the show right here. You want to do that part now? We want to do that, or we want to listen about, to? Yeah, let's hear the youth, the youth hunt you, you just youth got hunt. done with. Yeah, and then we'll yeah, get into I some took, questions. Uh, uh, my brother and uh so you got to picture this scene i'll kind of paint the picture or, or fill the plate up here where you can kind of visualize it before we get into the hunt a little bit so we got a, a, a normal size blind it's a uh uh with well, a bull blinds uh double bull blind mm-hmm. a primos double bull blind so it has the windows and i love these kind of windows where it's it's a 180 degree window that you can pull apart however wide you want in that hundred i usually have it to the left and right is only open an inch yeah and it just kind of gradually gets a little wider and wider until in front of you it's open about six inches across the front you know and it comes on the sides it closes down so it's it's just uh it's not an extra large whatever you want to call it five-man blind here that's just a normal size blind. little two-man type thing yes okay so you got that point now picture my brother and me which i can jeff's one of my good friends we're uh we're you know i don't weigh 160 pounds no more uh i don't know if i ever did i'm, I'm <laughs> not a salad eater okay yeah. <laughs> I, I think i weighed 160 in high school maybe but so you know we're, we're bigger fellas here we got jeff in the blind i'm in the blind we have johnny the youth hunter mm-hmm. he's he's nine and Johnny isn't a small nine-year-old. Johnny, yeah. He's he's a big kid. Right. You know? he, he's a, he's going to be a Lawrence Taylor, I think. He's yeah. going to be a linebacker. But uh, we got Johnny. He just turned nine, too. And then we have Bo. Oh, Bo's with, Bo's you with us, too. So he's seven. That was so yeah, a little brother, right? Yep. Yep. We have four of us in the blind and a tripod. Uh, I don't know where Jeff got this thing, but it's it's perfect for youth who you know any youth can hold the gun but you know they're moving all over the place i mean you're watching them and you're like boy we're i don't know if we're going to even hit a sheet of plywood here right so this thing it the feet were probably three feet by three feet spread out right yeah and it holds the gun big footprint so they yeah has a big footprint so they kind of shoulder when they shoulder the gun you know they have to shoulder it and sight and all that but it's holding it steady for them yeah it's a big so it has a big foot pad so i'm sitting in a chair with one leg my leg in between the tripod legs and the other leg kicked out over here uh johnny the shooter here he's in the center and then we have jeff in a chair with his legs kind of crossing over my legs and then we got Bo sitting on a bucket <laughs> in, the, in the point. So you could just imagine it was – we were like sardines in this thing. Right. You so Tight much quarters. as move one little bit, the whole blind moves. It, it, we were just so pinched in there. And then Johnny – or uh, Bo was supposed to be uh, watching out the right side. If anything comes in on the right, that little one-inch gap in the blind, we only opened it up on the sides very little because of the movement right you know, they're kids oh yeah you gotta, they're, gonna, they're gonna move they're gonna move you need a blind you gotta need to be in a blind if you got kids uh, 
you know, and they're going to snack on, they want a granola bar or whatever. So I was eating sardines. (laughs) (laughs) The irony. (laughs) I I was eating the mustard sauce sardines on crackers. I was trying to pay uh, Johnny and Bo $5 if they'd eat one sardine. Oh, really? Wouldn't do it. You're crazy, Uncle Scott. (laughs) I said $10. I said, watch, boys. And I ate one. $20 for one sardine. Nope, ain't gonna do it. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that, that it was tied in there. So, the opening morning of youth season was. I thought we were in Canada. I, I mean, I don't know, uh, and our listeners out there, what part of the state you're in, but up here in Lafayette County, it was about 29 degrees, mm-hmm. cloudy, and 35 mile an hour winds. It was horrible. It was horrible. I got out of the truck said, "We are not going to hear a gobbler. This is going to. We might as well. We might as well be deer hunting." I mean, it was horrible. But you got to go. You got to go. They're yeah, two they're, days. They're excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I got to spend some quality time with them, so I enjoyed that. But I didn't expect what happened is unbelievable, and I did not expect this to happen at all. And the wind was blowing and all that, so I did the normal fly down cackle. Started with some soft tree yelps, did a fly down cackle. Um, you know, once we started breaking light, of course, we didn't hear anything. We didn't hear a gobble ever, ever for the nowhere, you know, yeah. not even one two miles out. Uh, you can over that wind. Right. They just, you get out there. You don't want to talk. You're miserable. Right. If you're miserable, they're probably miserable. So. But I did the normal fly down cackle, waited a few minutes, and I did uh, just just some soft yelps and, and a few excited yelps. Put the call down, and it couldn't have been I don't I don't know. Twenty minutes went by. I let out a few more yelps and uh, a series of them, and then Jeff looks out that one inch crack. That Bo, we we're, Bo was supposed he, to. Have well, <laughs> we're blaming it on Bo, you know. But you know, he was supposed to be looking out that crack. Jeff says, "Don't move, don't move, nobody move." You know, he's whispering, but don't move. So I'm clear to the left side of the blind. All this is taking place out the right window, and I don't know what's going on. It's just a one-inch crack that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I leaned forward a little bit, and I, in between Johnny's head, Bo's head, and Jeff's head here, I'm trying to look through all this going on in this blind, <laughs> through that one-inch gap, you know, in the blind. I can't, it's not like I can see right. a lot here. I look through that one-inch gap, and all I see is the bottom of the beard and the top of the beard. I couldn't see that is how close this gobbler was to the blind. He was just right there. So he was close. I'm talking so close, you take a fly rod and whack him up beside the head. <laughs> Ten feet from the blind, there's a monster gobbler standing there. Jeez. Came in quiet. Yeah. Never gobbled all morning. So mm-hmm. he point to this whole story is, there's more to it, but just, you know, we called a gobbler in to 10 feet away. And never, never gobbled, never knew we was there in 30-mile-an-hour winds, 29 degrees, most miserable morning ever to hunt. But I I still went through the same routine that I always do. Mm-hmm. I did some soft tree talk. Did he hear it or not? Don't have a clue. 
because of the wind and all that, you know, but I did it anyway. And he's dead, so he can't ask him. So, yeah. <laughs> and then then I did the fly down cackle. I waited 10 minutes, did some soft yelps. It's a conversation. I'm working up into a conversation. The mm-hmm. fly down cackles when your feet gets off the bed onto the floor. Now you're going to go walk to the coffee pot. You know, whether you run into your wife and good morning or not, that might be a yelp or two. So you got to picture it like that. You're having a conversation. So, uh, you know, 50, we're, 20 minutes of daylight's up now. You're going to start talking more. I did some soft yelping. Then I went into some excited yelping. And then I shut it off for a little bit. Didn't say anything. And then one long after that, here he is right outside blind. So I thought for sure this goblin, Johnny's shooting. He's on a shooting stick now. He can only shoot left and right. You, you know, the decoys are straight out in front of us. So he can only shoot 10 yards to the right and 10 yards to the left. He can't swing any more than that because he's going to be hitting Jeff or hitting me. And as far as all four of us. So he's, five, got, he's got a yeah small radius. A narrow small, window. A narrow window. We need the gobbler to come into the decoy set. He can swing, you know, left and right a little bit. But there's no way we're going to be able to take all four bodies and a bucket and chairs and food in my turkey vest and the kitchen sink that we had in there. I mean, there's no way we're going to be able to shift everything in that <laughs> blind to pull this off, right, mm-hmm. And with the tripod. So he's standing there, standing there, standing there. And I thought for sure he's going to – he's looking. He's only 20 yards from the decoys, and he's only three yards, 10 feet from us. I thought for sure he's just going to come right into the set – on the hardest day ever to hunt turkeys, we're going to knock one down here. Mm-hmm. Nope. He just stands there, stands there, and stands there. Good good five minutes. We're not moving. We're trying to keep the boys calm. Mm-hmm. And he nope. turns and goes away from us. No calling whenever he was that close. Oh, when he's that close, yeah. Don't yeah, make I a mean, sound. He'd, he'd just he'd, be like, they'll pick you off like that, I would assume. You. Yes, they will. They will. He'd look through your soul. Right, right. When they're when they're under fifty yards, I don't I don't ever say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're maybe leaving, try to do some a, a soft purring and clucking or a soft yelp or something to try to turn him because mm-hmm. maybe he'll circle or something. But when they're when they are committed, if you see a, a gobbler and he's committed, he's coming. Don't don't say nothing. Let him come. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the worst thing you can do is call to him when they've already committed. Why right. call to him? No need to. There's no need to. They're coming. They they can judge distance. You know, when you yelp at a gobbler at 100 yards, he knows he knows within five feet exactly where you should be. That is how well they can pinpoint sound and distance. Yeah. So when they're already coming and almost in gun range, don't say a word. You know, let just them, let them work. Let them let them do their thing. So uh, he moved off to our right. Uh, just 25 yards. He's, he's well still in gun range. Uh, he's shooting a 410 TSS load. So 25 yards to the right of us. And then he started gobbling. So we we beat this bird. We won. We beat the bird at his own game. We just didn't kill him. Uh-huh. So he got to experience all that. I could hear his little heart. Boom, 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 boom. Same thing with Caden a few years ago. You was, know, he, was, he got to see. Would this been his first bird? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, he's went a couple times with me and Jeff hooked up for a day here, a day there the last two years. 
during regular season, but mm-hmm. it gets tougher and tougher, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he moved off to the right 25 yards and then started gobbling. Uh, he probably gobbled 20, 25 times at, oh 20, at 25 yards. Feel it through your body. That's right. You can feel it through your body. And Johnny's eyeballs looked like golf balls. They were so, oh, my gosh. You know, and then I could hear his little bitty heart just boop, 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 boop. So, that's what it's all about. And then uh, finally the game was over and he left. And then uh, the next morning we come back, sit in the blind, kind of the same same exact setup. I'll be done. And it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. The wind was only, I don't know. 37. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It went from 40 to 37. <laughs> it probably wasn't but five to eight mile an hour, a little breeze. Uh, and the skies were clear, calm. And I figured then we're going to hear them. And it, then it happened. You know, they're on the roost goblin, 150 <clears> yards. Uh, did the same thing. Soft. I always start with some soft tree yelps. And they're just about as light as you can blow on a call mm-hmm. or or pot call or, or box call doesn't matter it's the lightest yelps that you can make um, I did that then I did a fly down cackle same routine as the day before and I'll be dang if another bird didn't come in I, I we think it might have been the same bird mm. but the way he was acting uh, not committing to them decoys all the way like a two-year-old gobbler's Coming right at it. Oh, yeah. Boom. And they charge right in. This one wasn't doing that. Four-year-old a little smarter. You come to me. That's Mm -hmm. how nature is. I gobble, you come to me. And that's how he acted. Uh, But, you know, if the kids wasn't with us, well, well, any adult could have we could have pulled that off and swung slid the, the gun out that right, crack right <laughs> put I, it on his temple <laughs> i tried to pay johnny a hundred dollars to give me the gun he said, oh, no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah but yeah you got your heart beating so um the next day uh, when we did this he came in called him we think it's the same bird did the same thing come in right behind us but a lot as a better morning mm-hmm. probably gobbled I don't know, 50, 60 times this time. Wow. Wow. And uh, about 30 yards and hung out right behind the blind forever. Slowly moved to the right and went to the almost standing in the same exact tracks wow. as, the, as, the, as the, yes, the morning before. So, and hung around, would not commit to them decoys. And then I put the binoculars on him through that crack and I seen his spurs. Yeah, he's four years old. Big bird. They huh? look like a rooster. Oh wow! They go out and curl up. Nice. Yeah, I I think they're about an inch and three eighths spurs. He's he's a stud. Big one. He's and, smart. and that's why he did charge into the decoy. Right. He's been around the block he, a little bit. He's been around the block. So, uh, but a lot of fun. Oh, a lot I of bet. fun. Memories. That's all kids need. That that's what it's about. That's cool. That's yeah, I haven't talked to Jeff since I didn't get. Unfortunately, Caden and. I didn't get to take either boys because sports are ruining everything. But uh, speaking of kids, yeah, uh, Michael, good, why don't you tell a cool story? A about good today? buddy of mine, actually, today, this morning, first thing, a uh, good buddy of mine, he texts me and he says, "Hey, we, me and Brooks, uh, his son, we've been listening to uh, Scott Wilper, some of the old episodes that you've been on." He's like, "Man, he, he's just getting pumped up about it." And I was like, "Funny, you should say that. Uh, we're having him on the show tonight." Does Brooks have any uh, any questions he wants to ask him? So he gave me a few uh, so few questions first off, for you. Hi, Brooks. Yeah. 
Shout out to Brooks. Sorry, buddy, we couldn't get you on. I was hoping that we would be able to get you on a phone call and you could ask him yourself. But uh, just, Scott it, thought that'd be pretty cool, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it, w- it would have been pretty sweet, but uh, just time didn't allow call it. Me, call me tomorrow, Brooks. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get that figured I'll out for sure. I'll talk turkey all day long. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the first question, uh, what is the best mouth call for a beginner? You for know, a beginner? Yeah. Uh, I think he's around that 10 age, 10 years old, give or take. I'm assuming he's right. wanting to use, you know, try to get into the mouth call game. Right. That's uh, takes a lot of practice, a lot of practice. The best is to start on a single or double read. Um, you have to do some research. I haven't – the specific call, I, I, I can't answer that which one to get. Right. But you have to get Google, get on the phone and computer, Google up a single uh, a single read or double read, light stretch. That you make a light stretch and or medium stretch, heavy stretch. So you want a light stretch call that's a single read or double read, just straight double read. Mm-hmm. They got bat wing cuts, cutter cuts. There's all kinds of, of different cuts in the call. You just want a straight single or double read and – them are the best calls to start on and purr and cluck purr and cluck and soft yelps on okay and then that's that's what you need to get to get started and that that was his next question actually best call to uh perfect the purr so there would be a double read straight or or any light stretched call the more reads you have now is that still best for a purr or if he's talking about any call would you talk about maybe your your pot calls, your slate calls, uh, doing you, your purrs. Can you do a purr? Yeah, he showed on me how. On the box calls, uh, box calls tougher to do a purr. No, I'm I'm talking about the pot calls. Didn't you yes. show me on the on the slate? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. I probably do seventy five percent of my purring and clucking. If I have a gobbler under seventy five yards, I'll you know I'm saying seventy five, eighty mm-hmm. yards, whatever. Not 40. That's different. <laughs> I don't say anything, and if I am doing it, I do it with a mouth call at that point. You don't want to move. Mm-hmm. They, they see like an eagle. Right. Ten times. You can't ever forget that. They'll watch you blink. I had a gobbler last year seen my breath. It was a cold morning, mm-hmm. and I, I swear that's the only reason I did not kill him. And now I think he had two-inch hooks. I spent ten days hunting this bird and never got him. I let two birds go two-year-olds you know 10 11 inch beards 20 pounders three-quarter inch spurs 20 yards away i let them walk because after a specific bird that busted me i had him about five yards away behind the cedar tree and uh, he steps out and i and i could see his spurs he's so close to me yeah and they they were record book type spurs but I didn't flinch, and he would not commit to the decoys. And he's, he's to my right, and I can't swing on him. But point being, I, sw- I did not move. I swear he's seen my breath. Just saw the. the, the, the yeah, the fog from your breath. He just and took off running. Gone. Gone. I believe it. And so, you know, staying still, being, being still is so important. So anything under 40 yards, I, I purr and cluck with my voice, but it's very rare. So when they're out at 75, 80, whatever, you're, you're, you're tr- the reason why you purr and cluck, the gobbler's already to 80. 
So he has already somewhat committed to mm-hmm. you. But if maybe he's not two years old and going to come charging right in. So you, you need to play the game. I'm trying to convince you that it is safe here. Come on in another 40 yards. <laughs> you know, if your range is 40, which, you know, from – for most, that's the 40-yard mark is what mm-hmm. you're looking for. You, you need another 20 or another 30 yards, and he's safety's off. You need to portray to the – make it seem like everything is fine here. It's like eating at the dinner table. You are comfortable. What did you do at school today? Nothing. Or how was school? Fine. What did you do? Nothing. You know, and then mom asked, how was work? Ah, you know, same old, same old. But you all are comfortable talking to each other around the dinner table. That's what purring and clucking is. Purring and clucking is a feeding call. And and, and cluck is uh, more of hello, what's going on? That's the question part. The, the purring is actually feeding. They're like chickens. They're constantly purring as they feed. But what you're doing is telling that gobbler everything is fine here. Yeah. There's no bobcats. There's no coyotes. There's no whelpers around here. Everything is fine. That's what you're trying to convince that gobbler to come in another 20 yards. Uh, you're, I know you're uneasy, and that's what you're doing when you're purring and clucking. So when they're at 80, 40, don't say nothing. So I do a lot of that on my pot call. because uh, Purring and clucking on a pot call, is you can't beat it. Yeah. And to prove it, the yeah, comp- remember he showed us last, last year how to turn the stick or the whatever you call it, the striker. Yeah, the striker, the peg. Had a turn it to where it just kind of you drag it yeah yep. i need to put a that's, why do you even need to yeah, use that's it? with my voice i should <laughs> but but that's what you're doing maybe maybe even this just a couple soft yelps and Again, it's just, just need to record him. <laughs> put it in a speaker. <laughs> so it's the lingo. Any any time you're, you you want to say something to Turkey, think about it in a human language here. What I just did right there, you know, is is, is we're safe here. Okay. Okay. You know? Nice. So purring and clucking to answer your question on that, Brooks would be a good pot call. Uh, slate, slate, anything that's slate is awesome to purr and cluck on. Glass is higher pitch. You can do it, but slate is so forgiving. Uh, you can't beat a slate call purring and clucking. And uh, mouth call, to do it on a mouth call, you need to get a double read or single read light stretch call. Okay, okay. Uh, one other question he had. He's been researching when he should start calling, and you kind of covered this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, but – Still in the dark, while they're in the roost, or first daylight, kind of break that down for them. To to do to answer that, that could be kind of tricky. Uh, you know, youth season this year, 35 mile an hour wind, it's 29 degrees. They're not going to talk much. Mm-hmm. So you don't talk much. But the next morning, I still did a small routine, even though it was nasty weather. I did did the tree yelps, did a fly down, did some soft yelping. But the next morning, you know, it was better weather. They're gobbling on the roost. You can hear them. They're talking a lot more. I could hear a hen back off to the right talking too. Well, I did several tree yelps, couple fly down cackles, did some more 
startup yelps, if you want to call them, and, and in more excited yelps. Let the turkeys tell you how much to to do it. And usually if it's a calm morning, uh, you know, it's not cloudy or, or partly cloudy, what it's a calm morning, uh, and it's not 20 degrees or 90 degrees, you know, 50 is a perfect gobbling. T- if it's a perfect morning like that, usually you could talk more. You can yelp and, and mm-hmm. get away with more. So, but the... I usually do a tree yelp, which consists of three to five of the softest yelps you can make. And all that is is a hen that is waking up. You're letting that gobbler know that there's a hen over here that just woke up. And if he, they usually answer you if, if they're, you're close enough, mm-hmm. you know, 150 yards. Uh, yeah, they can't hear that out at 400 yards out. But how many gobblers are not gobbling? That's why I do it every time. Right. Just like this one that didn't say a word. Come in quiet, and I look out the blind. He's so close that I can only see beard. You know, uh, if I wouldn't have called all morning long because there ain't nothing here, I don't hear any goblin, they wouldn't have got, the kids wouldn't have got to experience that. Right. So I do it all the time, no matter what conditions are. How much of it depends on how how much they're talking and the weather, too, so... Uh, but two to three, four of the softest yelps you can make. I usually do it two to three times with about a minute or two in between. And then I'll wait. When it's, if it's light enough that you can see, say, 100 yards, uh, you can clearly see, then that's fly-down time. That's when you do the fly-down. That's when you on. break out your uh, bread bag. Yeah, or a wing, <laughs> bread sack, right? Yep. On the pocket rock. I just I'm waiting for you to make me a wing out of the what is it the bondo? You use car bondo? Yeah. Yep. Just take one of your gobbler wings. You got to kill one first, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You take a gobbler wing and I split it in half. I don't know how many exact feathers are in a, in a wing, but I I use five or six of the wing feathers and car bondo and just shape it into a handle and just you're basically just gluing them things all in there. Yeah, and slap that thing on your leg, and then and, and a, a fly-down cackle will sound. They're kind of looking. Let's see. I need to shoot through that hole, go underneath that limb, dodge that limb. Then I can be out in the clear to land. So that's what that's what they're doing right now. They're, they're talking like, I'm going to do it here soon. And then they landed. And that's a fly-down cackle. And I'll do that every single time. And, you know, there's so many gobblers that don't gobble. And that's why you need to do that to call them in. So. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Now they know you're there. Yeah. They, they might do the coming to you part. Right. Yeah. Right. And then also in the rain, how do turkeys act whenever it's raining? I'm assuming – I think Robin asked this question because he's probably trying to get out of hunting if it's raining. <laughs> but I've noticed just in my I'm, travels. Dude, I'm telling you. In my travels, if there's a light rain, mm-hmm. something going on, They're I'm out. seeing turkeys out in the fields. Oh, yeah. So is there something to that? Yep, there is. That's a good question. Good question there. Uh, the reason I like to head to clearings or open fields um, kind of your meadows type areas they get out of the woods basically is what they're doing is their eyesight again is 10 times better than ours so 
everything in this world is trying to eat a turkey mm-hmm. from eggs to four years old as a gobbler he has to win every single day he has to beat nature he has to beat sickness he's got to beat coyotes he's got to beat bobcats he's got to beat turkey hunters cars the list when he's an egg he's got to beat they got to get through raccoons and, and skunks snakes mm-hmm. possums hoot owls hawks bloods tell me what is not trying to kill or eat a turkey me so every day <laughs> every day when you wake up knowing that in mind that the entire world is trying to take me out every single day no matter what it is you're going to be on edge right you are going to be edgy and that's how them birds are they are super super edgy they can see 320 degrees without turning their head you know 360 is a full circle here they can see 320 almost a full circle without even turning their heads if they turn their head one inch now they can see the just one inch and they can see the part that they couldn't see right straight behind them so they're so finicky so you picture being in the woods and it's raining being edgy like that and every raindrop's hitting leaves you don't like and it. hitting limbs and now add a 15 20 degree uh, uh, breeze or wind to it this situation them limbs are moving the leaves are moving and then there's noise because they hear five times better than we do mm-hmm. so with all that going on in that woods they're just they're just in freak out they don't like it mode they hate it because any movement if there's movement usually it's because we're getting ready to get eaten every time they see movement it's it's so just su- gives them super anxiety pretty much there you go that's the best way to put it yeah so if they go out in the middle of a field or out in a a clearing or whatever they need some weed they can see everywhere (laughs) elevate (laughs) i need some elevate my buddy skylar would get that one (laughs) i don't know what that means he he, my buddy he works for a weed dispenser i don't know exactly they grow weed sell it and it's called elevate elevate (laughs) yeah i believe so like that i get it yeah well they're elevated when it's raining yeah and do you think it's pretty much any type of rain, or is it, you know... Is there, like, pouring rain, will they do it? No, or? that light drizzly, drizzle rain, light rain, you know, even moderate rain. Mm-hmm. They head for fields, clearings, openings, and, and they usually will be pretty close to each other if you mm-hmm. have a, a small flock or I've whatever. i that, yeah. Yeah, and, and they'll sit out there and dry themselves. They, they can't continuously start trying to dry themselves, but when they're out in the open... All them branches aren't moving, leaves ain't moving, and then they can see. We can see any danger within 100 yards trying to get on us, and that's why they move to clearings when it's raining like that. Gotcha. Now, thunderstorm, tornado-type, hurricane-blowing rain, well, yeah. They hunker down just like they every They just other hunker animal. down like anything else. The coyote's hunkering down. The bobcat, he ain't trying to hunt them either. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to survive the survive storm. Survive the storm. Right. Then get back to normal, so i got you yeah hopefully that answered your question but yeah when it's raining light rain go to go to clearings go to the open. and then probably right after a rain after a rain it usually takes a couple hours for turkeys to fire up really uh, because they want to dry off mm-hmm. and the reason they they're more worried about getting dried off is because flight is life mm-hmm. and they can't fly when it's they wet can't, i'm sure well they can but, but not worth a dang right you know so they uh, have an oil gland you guys have probably noticed this and wondered what they're doing or, or people have out there you'll see turkeys stick their their head and their beak underneath their wing 
way underneath their wing and then pull their head back up and then start touching their feathers with their beak. They have an oil gland basically in their armpit, if you want to call it. There's an oil gland, and they're getting oil on their beak from that oil gland and then rubbing oil on their feathers. Hmm. And that's a water, makes them water resistant, you know. Oh, that's if cool. You, yeah, if you have an oil spot in your garage and drop water on it, you just see it just beads, water, up, beads yeah. up and runs up like Rain-X on a windshield. Right. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And they'll <laughs> spend the next two or three hours in that field when the rain quits getting dry. And that probably takes precedent over breeding or anything breeding, else. Breeding, feeding, anything, because flight is life. And if we can get dry and get that oil back and get their feathers preened back into position, now – if I run into danger, I can I'm out. I can take get off. out of here. Yeah, take off, and so that takes a couple hours. Yeah, okay. Now they're now they're dry. Then there's some hens might start firing up. Then you're going to start maybe hearing some more gobbling, and game's back on. Awesome. That's the you know break out the sardines. Yeah, for two hours while they're <laughs> drying off. <laughs> well, good questions, Brooks. Yeah, really and, good. And questions. Robin, maybe. Yeah, yeah thanks. For so, the Robin, question. you don't get out of hunting in the light rain <laughs> and i and i just said that i don't know if he actually meant um, but i got a confession to make i got I, i'll be honest with you okay about 25 minutes ago i got excited about our show and i posted on our instagram story that we are recording with scott wilper right now somebody ask question. questions and i got two questions already perfect well, oh cool it. okay so first question is from john hudspeth which john is the uh, actually the host of the oklahoma outdoors podcast they just oh, cool. had a big hog hunt uh, down there. Yeah. That it was pretty cool. awesome. His question to you, and this is a good one because he's in Oklahoma. Do you change your tactics for the different subspecies at all? Yes. Interesting. Oh, definitely, yes. Easterns, Easterns are, in my opinion, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of guys will back me on this. Easterns are the probably, Osceolas are tough too. Uh, Easterns are probably uh, the toughest bird to hunt. What we have right here, most skittish. Yes, they're they're very weary. Uh, I would say, and Osceola's ranked pretty high up there too. Uh, then Rios, which I don't know what part of Oklahoma he's from. I think he's but, in southeast Oklahoma. Uh, you, you know, definitely the middle of Oklahoma and westward is he, that's Rio territory. Uh, you know, closer to the Missouri line is is probably in the in the hybrid. You mixing with easterns, mm-hmm. easterns there, but Rios would be next in line, and then one of the. And again, it's not easy, but easier of the four, I w- in my opinion, would be the Merriams. Merriams, I've always heard, are the most aggressive. Are they the uh, white-tipped ones? Yeah, yeah, they're, okay. they're the ones in Wyoming. The one aggressive I'm should be the term I'm using, but uh, which is the one that with like the. And I'm gonna, the rainbow color. That's Easterns. Is that Eastern? Oh, no. You're talking about the oscillated. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one. Down. Those yeah. things are just gorgeous to me. You got to leave the country for them. Oh, okay. They have them yellow. Yeah. They even have like yellow wart looking things on Something their head. Like they're, that, all, yeah. they're really Re- colorful. Really yeah. bright. Really bright. They don't even gobble. Really? Oh. Yeah, I, man, this is what I'm. Yeah, I ain't been out heard about it. I've heard about them. They'll hum and drum. That. That's it. That's but they're it. a turkey. They're a turkey. They're a turkey. Where, yeah, they're where, a, do you, where you got to go get one of those? South America. South America. Yeah, down there in um, 
what Panama? What are some of the countries down and around that? No, Panama, Argentina. Uh, Argentina, yeah, down in that area down there is where they're at. But yeah, they don't even gobble. Colombia. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's about all I know right there. But go down there, get you, get you a turkey, and get you some cocaine and a red <laughs> stag <laughs> and a red stag. <laughs> the Merriams would be the uh, somewhat of the easier. Nothing's easy getting a bird, but some of the easier. They love calling. You know, you overcall to an eastern, he's laughing and gone. Mm-hmm. You, you almost, I mean, you can't overcall with any turkey, but they want you to call a whole lot more. Merriams do. Hmm. You do, you do twice the amount of calling usually with Merriams. You know, and then Rios are are kind of in between there. But uh, yeah, I changed my tactics. That's the calling part. Uh, you know, you got white. Depending on where you're at, you know, uh, terrain. There's more woods. Totally, yeah. There's more woods. Easterns are kind of, you know, the westerns birds are more open terrain. So, uh, you know, you need to use the ditches more. Uh, less moving around in the wide open where you can get away with moving around more in the woods, in hills to, to hide you. So, yeah, my tactics do change in the few states that I've hunted differently. So Nice. I run the creeks, creeks more. You're out of sight. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right, right. Think like a bobcat. This next question, thanks, John, for that question. And then the next question, which I only posted this like 20 minutes ago, like I said. Right. So uh, we're probably going to hit the stop button and other people are going to ask questions. But this question is from Murphy Granger. So thanks, Murphy. I do not know exactly what he's meaning here, but he said, a turkey that you had to earn that you shouldn't have. I'm not sure exactly what that means. A turkey that you you killed that you really had to work that you shouldn't have probably killed. Shouldn't have worked. Shouldn't have worked out. Did you ever have one like that? Which yeah. You've been hunting turkeys for 40 years, so I'm sure you've had some stories. Is he meaning more like? Uh, uh, that's all. That's all he said. It's just uh, turkey you had to earn that you shouldn't have. So one you shouldn't have killed that you got. I guess maybe. Right. Well. I'll tell you one. That Sorry was, if that's not what you meant, Murphy. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll just go with this. Came to mind when you said that. Uh, whether it's the answer or not, we'll roll with it here. But so I had a, I was hunting by my house and uh, I had a friend of mine uh, call me. He said, Wilper, you know, he, he's hollering and I'm trying to whisper because I'm still hunting before work, uh, trying to be. Uh, to work as early as possible mm-hmm. you know you pass the you pass the nine o'clock hour you pretty much got to take a half a day vacation <laughs> but if you can get into work by nine you know maybe work an hour late and make it up type thing so it anyway so he calls me and says i just killed one i just killed one it's he's got an inch and quarter spurs and he's double bearded 10 inch beard and, and the other beard's 10 inches long and man he weighs 23 pounds and he was all excited and everything. He said, and, uh, you know, I'd been calling softly again. And, again, this was a gobbler that come in silent. So if I wouldn't have said anything all morning long, he probably wouldn't have come my mm-hmm. way. So I, I'm always calling, but it's always soft. There's no reason to scream. There, there are times for that, but I'm always calling soft every 15 minutes. So, And I think that's probably why I killed this gobbler, but – so he's all excited and he's fired up. I'll see you at work. 
and uh, got you now, you know, and he started kind of turning it into a game, and, <laughs> and I got you now, I'm going to beat you this year, and, and, and I'll see you at work here in 30 minutes, and I said, all right, congratulations, you know, and I was happy for him, and, and it was one of his first, whether it was his first or second gobbler, but one of his first gobblers ever, and he was fired up, and, he, and that's an awesome bird, a double bearded, 10 inch, and I think the other one was 11, mm-hmm. inch and a quarter spurs, 23 pounds, I mean, top that, in all seriousness. That is a gobbler of a lifetime, really. It's a nice one. So, again, whether I earned it or not, I've been sitting there. Patience, 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 and uh, persistence. The more you keep trying and the harder you try, it's going to pay off sooner or later. But I'm sitting there, did my calling, whatever, just hung up the phone with him. And I, and I put it back in my pocket, and I'm just a kick back. Well, I'm going to go 10 more minutes, and then I do need to get out of here. So just as I got off the phone with him, this is the truth. Honestly, God, is truth. I see the tip of the fan coming over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, boy. I didn't make, okay, I see the gobbler. He's well under 60 because the top of the hill that I see the tips is about 50. Uh so I ain't calling anymore. He already, like I said, they can judge distance like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. He knows within a few feet of where I should be at when I didn't see him. That's right. how well they can do that. So he comes over the hill. And there he is at there he is at fifty, and then finally I see it's a safe shot and it, it's a clear view of him. And I think he was like forty three yards or something. I pull the trigger. Now I got one down. Uh, you know, whether I deserved it or not, you know, it wasn't – well, he never gobbled either. So I walk up there to this bird, and he's on my wall. He's number 64 in the state of Missouri right now. Really? <laughs> so, again, I didn't want to crush my buddy's party here and pop the balloon, but I, I walk it. up on him, and he has an inch and three-eighths spurs. He weighs 26 pounds and had a 10-inch beard. Ten and a half inch beard and eleven inch beard. Oh wow! <laughs> You're a dick. I mean, I mean, I, so I come. Can't, to, couldn't I, let that guy just have that one thing. I know huh? it. I know it. So I didn't say anything to him at all, and I drove into work, and and we have a, a lumber yard, if you want to call it. My boss owns a couple acres right on the edge of town, and we just store our, half the lumber's half rotten, but we build crates and things out of it. But we meet down at this lumber yard to. To clean the bird, if if we, I mean, it's not like you do it every day. Whenever you get a gobbler, you mm-hmm. know, before work if you don't have the day off. So, uh, but we meet there to clean the turkey and whatnot, take a few pictures, and then actually start work. So I knew that's right where he was at. So I pulled in there, pulled in there, and he's jumping up and down and pointing in the back of the truck, all excited. And I walk up there, and, and it man, he it was a stud gobbler, stud gobbler, and I. He said, "You, what are you grinning at? You killed one, didn't you? <laughs> I said, well, yeah. <laughs> Where's he at? So he walks back in my truck. <laughs> he said, Wilfer, I could drop you off naked in a desert. You'd come back with a gobbler and a cold glass of water. <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. So I didn't deserve that. If I hope that someone answers your question, I don't think I deserved it, but 
that's how it happened. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's great. You come but back with a gobbler and a glass of water. <laughs> and, and you know, the whole thing of it was, I heard nothing that morning. I, sh- I should have been at work at 7 a.m. Right. It was that, where dead. I was at, it was that dead. But persistence and patience, do a routine, don't get crazy with it, stay soft and low. He came in quiet, number 64 in the state of Missouri. Boom. That's pretty so, cool. That's didn't pretty deserve awesome. it. Hope that answers your question, but awesome. That's a good one. Well, we got some good stories. Some awesome listener questions. I'm gonna check one more time before we get off. Oh, I'm on. Oh here crap! Right here now. we go. We got one, or do we not? I don't think I've so. been getting weird notifications. <laughs> nope. That's the that's the cue. Before we hop off, Scott, why don't you give everybody your contact information if they're looking for an awesome box call? All these calls you've been hearing today, unless they are coming out of Scott's mouth, were handmade by him. Bloodwood and Black Limba is what we got here. Mm-hmm. That's what you just heard. Uh, two of my favorite combos what's are... What's this one again? Purple Heart and Walnut. We'll see, what's that one? That's Purple Heart and Walnut. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, you put them on there. Yeah, Purple Heart over Walnut. I always ride on the bottom. Oh, of my the, gobble. Oh, my gobble. Yep. I don't think I, I usually write something on the on the bottom of the paddles. Uh, yep. Whatever I'm feeling. You know, everything says something different. This one says, can I get an amen? Uh, You know, trust in the Lord. You'll lack no good things. Um, That one says that too. They all say something. Oh, my gobble. And sometimes they're funny things. Beard buster, you know, know, and there's some quotes and stuff like that. So, but uh, before we hop off or tell you some info, I want to, can I get an amen? I just read. Mm Mm-hmm. So two years ago, uh, a guy was hunting, bought a call from me, and I wrote, can I get an amen on there? So he took a kid hunting with him. He's 15 years old, getting in trouble, just traveling down the wrong road. Uh, said he stayed in his room playing video games a lot, and that's about all the information. Just going down the wrong road and doing some troubled things and whatever, and, he, and he's kind of took to the kid and, and mentored him. Uh, he became his mentor. This guy did. This kid said he was his mentor, but he he took him hunting, turkey hunting, first time ever. And he's sitting next to him. And this just happened like two years ago. I started writing that on there, and I've been writing quite a bit on there because of this story I'm telling. So he takes his kid hunting, and they set up. And he didn't realize he was that close to the gobbler. He knew he knew about where they roost usually. Right. He was telling me so. It started breaking daylight, and he hit his he hit his pocket rocket. He said he let out three or four yelps, and and the kids like so close to him on his right side, they're they're touching each other on this tree. But he just he did, and this gobbler hammered just a hundred yards away in the tree. I mean that's close. Yeah, you're you're roosted. You better not be breathing. You're so close. And, hope, and and later in the year when you have foliage, you can get away with a little more movement. But this time of year, you know, beginning of season, mm-hmm. you can't move. They see so good. So when he yelped on that thing and, and that thing gobbled, when you're that close, you can feel it. You know, you guys, you can feel that gobble through you. He turned to that kid and he held that call up and said, can I get an amen? <laughs> 
and looked at that kid, and he said that kid's eyeballs were all big, and he was hooked. That's he was awesome. hooked. So then fast forward to the next year. He calls me back and says, I want to buy another one from you. And can you put an eight? Can I get an amen on it also? I'm buying it for the kid. He said, We can't keep him out of the woods. <laughs> he hasn't played a video game for a year. He's trapping, he's deer hunting, he's turkey hunting, and he's saved his money up and he's getting ready to buy a shotgun. So, you know, stories like that is why I build these things. You know, hearing something like that, the passion in it. Yeah. And and that's where Can I Get an Amen came from. It changed that boy's life. That's awesome. Well, you know, I mean, I've told the story, so I ain't going to make it long. But the one I'm holding in my hand right here, when our, our me and Jeff's buddy passed away, uh, Cecil, uh, you made a few of these for his uh, yeah benefit auction. I remember that. And um, I didn't win it. And so you made me my own personal one Yep. at that time. But I got another one over there. Did I buy two? Maybe I did win it. I can't remember how it happened, but, uh, well, one of them I didn't want to hunt with. It's that one over there that I haven't ever hunted with. And the pocket rocket goes out with me. So, you know, cool things like that, that, you know, this one means something to me. Yeah. So you always take extra care of stuff that means something to you, too. Right, right. And as far as these box calls goes, guys, I got so many tricks up my sleeve. Go to Walmart. Spend five dollars, get you a three pack of black socks, men's socks. You slip that call in that sock to protect it. You know they're wood. You don't want water on them. You don't want the dew from the grass, dirt, grease. You know on the paddle or that top rail of any box call. That's mm-hmm. where your sound's coming from. You want to keep it clean and dry. Right. I, I take black socks with me, literally, and put my calls. They slide in and out of the socks. That protects them. And then I always take one-gallon Ziploc bags with me. You know, here comes a rainstorm. You know you're not going to make it. You're not in a blind. or mm-hmm. You can throw them calls in a Ziploc bag and zip them up real quick. Yep. You know? So just another little trick there. But Very cool. Yeah, just uh, you can Google. I have a, a face uh, face back, face pamphlet, face, <laughs> what do you want to call it? Facebook, yeah. Well, for right. custom calls. Uh, I'm old school, people. I'm telling you what. His uh, wife runs it for him. Yeah. Uh, my uh, son-in-law, I call him my son. Uh, he's a good man, real good man. Uh, my son-in-law and my wife run the face back. So uh, Facebook, I think, is what you're supposed to call it. <laughs> uh, so if you just Google Wilper Custom Calls, that will come up. And, uh, you know, they, they con you can leave it, leave any questions or, or if you want to order something, but my phone number's on there. So the best way to order a call is to just call me and we'll talk about it. And, uh, they like, some people like to do that, that Venmo and, and pay me back pal and all that stuff. I'm old school people. I'll mail you the call. You mail <laughs> you me mail a check. Me a check. <laughs> it's that simple or cashier's check or money order, whatever. It's that simple. So send me a uh, Western Union. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I ever did that. I did have a guy mail me uh, two people mail cash in the mail. Oh really? So, oh, yeah, I don't recommend that. That's ballsy. <laughs> but, yeah, right. I wouldn't recommend that. But you know, it just. But anyway, yeah. You look up Wilper Custom Calls, and it'll you know you'll see my phone number. If uh, you know my wife or Tony may actually first answer you and then give you my phone number, but. Uh, yeah, just look that up, and you'll see the Facebook page. And 
to get awesome. a hold of me and we can get you whatever kind of call you need. Perfect. So amazing calls. The only calls I, I use now. Well, Scott, if I don't talk to you before, or if we don't talk to you before opening day, good luck to you. I'm sure you're gearing up just like every year. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, good scouting. luck. Scouting. Hope everybody's scouting. This will be the day after opening opening day, unfortunately, but yeah, uh, good luck to out, everybody man. out there. And uh, hope everybody kills a beast. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. All right, put it up. So good. At <laughs> yeah. Scott, right. you've taught me well. Yeah. All right. All see right. You hey, guys. Scott, thank you for coming on, oh, buddy. Thank welcome. you. I love it. I love it. See you, man.